Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, July 25th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we got a lot of news yesterday, not the Broadway casting type that I've been craving, but we had a lot of news. We've got a lot of talk about and you had a conversation with your friend April McCaffrey, who went and saw Sondheim on Sondheim at the Hollywood Bowl on Sunday night. So she gives us a full report. We will have that at the end of the episode. And you said she had a lot of good stuff to talk about. So that should be exciting because it was a star-studded cast. I heard there were some uh, uh, a, a little issues um, during the performance. Um, apparently, Vanessa Williams talked about them on Instagram. So that's fun. So I'm interested to hear what you what you and April talked about. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's about eight minutes at the end of the uh, end of today's broadcast, so take a listen to it. And thank you so much, April, for calling in and letting us know about this. All right, first up, Carmen Cusack to return to Bright Star this fall. Yes, James. Yesterday afternoon, there was a little squeal from many devoted theater lovers who jumped on kayak yesterday to order tickets to Los Angeles as it was announced that original Broadway star Carmen Cusack would be returning to her Tony nominated role as Alice Murphy and Bright Star at the Amundsen Theater in Los Angeles later this fall. The show featuring a book, music and lyrics, as everybody knows, by Steve Martin and Edie Brickell will be presented by the Center Theater Group and will run from October 11th through November 19th. It will officially open on October 20th and tickets go on sale tomorrow tomorrow uh july 26 so if you want to fly out to los angeles or if you're in los angeles set your clocks to a get up and get those early james this is one of those shows that might not really have found the widespread success that obviously steve martin and ed burkell and all of the producers would have liked but there is a certain portion of theater goers that harbor very very strong feelings for this show certainly i have a handful of shows that i totally love that uh people are like are you insane and so, and we all have those. And so this is great that their fans are going to get to see Carmen again and this show. And uh, and Steve's uh, doing double duty now, isn't he? Maybe. I don't know that that's confirmed yet, but perhaps. All right. Next up, Barrow Street. is. <laughs> that's all we're going to say. Barrow Street is set to get a new Demon Barber next month. Congratulations, Bundy. <laughs> James. Um, yes, in other casting news, yesterday producers announced that beginning on Tuesday, August 29th, Hugh Panero will be replacing Norm Lewis as the title character in the off-Broadway production of Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street at the Barrow Street Theater. Hugh will be joined by fellow newcomers Jake Boyd as Anthony, Aaron LaCroix as Joanna, Michael James Leslie as Judge Turpin, and John Rapson as Beetle Bamford. Tony nominee Carolee Carmelo, along with Stacey Bono and John Michael Lyles, will continue as Mrs. Lovett, Pirelli and the Beggar Woman and Tobias, respectively. This ridiculously intimate revival is currently on sale through New Year's Eve. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's closing on New Year's Eve, but that's how far they're selling tickets to uh, for tickets for James. It, it always sucks when you when a show loses Norm Lewis. I know uh, a friend of ours, Greg, emailed me that uh, just before this announcement came out and asked if I knew when Norm was leaving because he was coming the first weekend of September. And then by the time I opened the email, I'd already gotten this and I had to share the bad news. But if you're going to replace him, replacing him with Hugh is not a bad option. Fun fact, Hugh played Jean Valjean opposite Norm Javert at the Muni in 2013 before he headed back to like his 175th tour as Phantom on Broadway. Then Norm replaced him as the Phantom on Broadway. So not that these two guys are interchangeable. They'll never be uh, mistaken for each other in a police lineup. But 
they both are pretty fantastic and, and, and bring a lot of the same things to rules. So I, I think anybody going to see this with Hugh or with Norm are going to be in for a treat. That's because Norm's so much taller than Hugh. Is Hugh short? I didn't know that. I didn't say Hugh is short. I'm just, just saying Norm is tall. Well, yes, Norm is a very uh, – uh, I've met him and I've shaken his hand and interviewed him in person a couple times, and he is a very um, imposing physical figure, yes. He's a big teddy bear. Did he hug you? <laughs> he is did great he hug guy. you? Did, he did not hug me. He's a great guy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Greg Christensen coming into New York, but he's already mm-hmm. – he's going to see Dolly, and uh, he's trying to figure out what else to see, but uh, I'm sorry that he's going to miss Norm at uh, Barrow Street. All right. Last week's Broadway grosses, what do they look like? Yeah, James, following the closing of the Tony winner for Best Play Oslo on July 16th, Broadway stayed fairly consistent from a grosses perspective week to week, down just 1.65%, despite being down to just 29 shows on the board. Boards. As a whole, the week brought in $31,395,966. Most of the shows stayed fairly consistent from the previous week, with the only exceptions being The Lion King, which dropped about $201,000, and The Book of Mormon, which dropped about $95,000, both of which had been, uh, which ran nine shows the previous week to make up for only doing seven during the week of the 4th of July. On the converse, Aladdin was up $207,368 on the strength of adding a ninth performance. Hamilton was still at the top of the proverbial heap at $3,033,266, followed by The Lion King at $2.3 million, Hello Dolly, which was down about $75K, to $2.1 million, Wicked at $1.9, and Aladdin at $1.8. From there, the seven-figure club included Dear Evan Hansen, Kinky Boots, going into the last few weeks with Brendan Urie as Charlie, Come From Away, The Book of Mormon, School of Rock, The Phantom of the Opera, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and Anastasia. As it was the previous week, The Great Comet was just on the outside, always looking in, with nine hundred twenty-three thousand. $571, still pretty respectable coming off the highs of Josh Groban's run as Pierre. James, the musicals that we've got on Bubble Watch didn't really change much in terms of grosses week to week, but the percentage of gross potential continues to be concerning. War Paint was down to 52%, Groundhog Day was at 53.3%, and Bandstand was at 572 The next closest musical from this past season that hasn't already announced its closing, like uh, Cats and Miss Saigon, was a Bronx Tale, but it was all the way up at 79%, which makes one think that it's still doing okay in relation to its break-even costs and probably still making money. James, yesterday was officially six weeks from Labor Day, and that generally means that if shows are planning to close over that first weekend in September, that they're going to start announcing their plans to shutter if not today, over the next few weeks, generally on Tuesdays, because uh, after the grosses come out, they make those final decisions. Um, so I would imagine that they're going to make some announcements here in the next few weeks to encourage people to see shows that are closing around Labor Day, either for the first time or again before they're gone for good. Of course, that's assuming any shows close on Labor Day, which is not necessarily a given. A lot of other traditional Things over this past year have not gone the way that Broadway insiders expect them to. And we didn't really get a lot of closings after the Tonys, so maybe we won't get a lot of closings around Labor Day either. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that we'll probably uh, see some big marketing pushes and maybe some price cuts and try to put extra butts in the seats and get buzz going. Um, uh, Interesting. Do you know anything about the Aladdin thing? Why they they did nine performances? 
I, I don't know why. I don't know if they're planning on um, uh, only doing like seven an, next week. Wasn't like an actor's fund or an extra – Not that I'm aware of. No, I, not it was I'm interesting that uh, it popped up and I, I – you know, usually we see lots of press releases about added mm-hmm. shows and things like that. But uh, I might have missed it. All right. Uh, Tom Sturridge carried out of 1984 oh. on a stretcher. Oy vey. James, um, I've always been – just a bit on the cynical side of things. But even this seems to be a little bit too far for me to believe that it's just another Scott Rudin publicity stunt. Yesterday morning, Page Six reported that during Saturday's matinee, 1984 star Tom Sturridge collapsed on stage during this supposedly legendary torture scene at the end of the show and eventually had to be taken out on a stretcher. Reports are that he was dehydrated, and even though he gutted it through to the end of the show, the curtain didn't come up for bows. Instead, there was an announcement over the PA system. This is so cliche, I can't believe they actually do this, they asked if there was a doctor in the house. Allegedly, two audience members also fainted during that performance's torture scene, according to Page Six's sources. Despite the medical commotion, Sturridge was apparently back in the show for the weekend's final two performances. James, during uh, some of the onstage mishaps with teeth knocked out and bloodied lips and broken noses and audience members collapsing, we suggested, if for nothing other than Publicity purposes, get an EMT in the lobby at all times. Apparently, Mr. Rudin did not spend the money on that, um, but he should have. Now, James, there's been plenty of things that could have warranted a full-time doctor on staff um, that hasn't been – you know, they haven't gotten one. So in your expert opinion, is all of this stuff about people getting injured and passing out, is it real or is it fake news? Well, if you go through the uh, the city of New York, you'll find that the Hudson Theater is is built right above an Indian burial ground. No, so, it's not. Are you serious? No, I have no idea. Okay. I made that up. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not superstitious. I don't believe I don't believe in really anything. But um, uh, I I would have thought that would have been an amazing story that I would have been shocked that Scott Rudin hadn't been uh, uh, capitalizing on. So good job, you got me on that one. <laughs> what I'm shocked about is that. Scott Rudin has not gotten Gatorade to be a sponsor of 1984. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was good. I mean, got to oh, get the electrolytes going. Seriously. Absolutely. Oh, leaving money on the table, Rudin. I know. Leaving money. Shocking. All right. More show and casting news. Yeah, first in this section, yesterday the Public Theater announced that for its Public Works production of a new musical version of As You Like It, the Equity cast will consist of Ato Blankenson Wood as Orlando, Darius DeHass as Duke Senior, uh, Senior or Senior? I've never seen As You Like It, um, Rebecca Naomi Jones as Rosalind, Joel Perez as Touchstone, and Shayna Taub as Jacques. Taub will not only appear in the show, but she also wrote the music and lyrics and adapted the script with Lori Woolery, who will also direct. So you think you can dance favorite Sonia Taya will choreograph. If you are unfamiliar with how the public works shows operate, they include a small number of equity actors as the principals and then fill in the rest of the cast through community partner organizations from around the five boroughs. Those organizations are Brownsville Recreation Center, Center for Family Life in Sunset Park, Dream Yard Project, Fortune Society and Military Resilience Project, along with alumni partners, Casita Maria Center for Arts and Education, Children's Aid Society and Domestic 
Domestic Workers United. As You Like It will run at Central Park's Delacorte Theater from September 1st through the 5th. And as with all Shakespeare in the Park productions, admission is free, assuming you line up in time to get a ticket. In some other show and casting news uh, that I wanted to mention really quickly, James, Tony nominee Michael Arden will direct a reading of the new Kerrigan and Loudermilk musical Republic based on Henry IV Parts 1 and 2. Not plays I would have expected to be musicalized, but if anyone can do it, Kerrigan and Loudermilk can. The reading will be this Friday afternoon and will star Paul Alexander Nolan, Nikki Renee Daniels, Andrew Samansky, Bonnie Milligan, Eric Peterson, F. Michael Haney, and more. Also, former Screen Actors Guild president and Little House on the Prairie star Melissa Gilbert will star in the world premiere of If Only at the Cherry Lane Theater from August 19th through September 17th. And finally, apparently, there's going to be a Friends unauthorized parody that will play St. Luke's Theater off-Broadway beginning on October 13th. I think I've you know, fulfilled my responsibilities on that one, James. Okay. Theater administration news. I'm not really sure what this means. Well, there's a two things that had to do with the leadership of certain theatrical organizations yesterday. First, first, it was announced that Michelle Terry will be the artistic director of Shakespeare's Globe Theater in Stratford-upon-Avon beginning in April of 2018. She succeeds Emma Rice in the position. An Olivier Award-winning actor and writer, Michelle is well-known to the Globe stage, having starred as Rosalind and As You Like It, as Titania and Hippolyta in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Midsummer Night's Dream, I, don't, I didn't put the S at Midsummer's. Um, and as the Princess of France in Love's Labor's Lost. She also directed Richard III, King John, and As You Like It for the complete Walk, which was a series of short films created as part of the Globe's celebration of the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare's death. Of the position, Terry said, quote, the work of Shakespeare is for me timeless, mythic, mysterious, vital, profoundly human, and unapologetically theatrical. I am so proud and excited that I will be in the privileged position where I can offer artists the opportunity to come together to reclaim and rediscover not only Shakespeare, but the work of his contemporaries alongside new work from our current writers. James, I am not really familiar with Terry, other than by name. I know her name, of course, but I know our friends John and Matt from Curtain Call over in London are very much in favor of this move. So if it's good by them, it's good by me. Not that anybody really cared what my opinion was. The American Theater Wing announces new trustees. Yeah, yesterday the American Theater Wing announced new appointments to its board of trustees and its advisory committee. Joining the board of trustees are Cynthia Arrivo, Fred P. Hochberg, Lucy Liu, Lee H. Perlman, and Evan Shapiro. The board is the governing body responsible for oversight of all of the wing's activities and its overall well-being. Joining the advisory board are Pamela Barbie, Lori Brockway Bodor, Jeffrey Bolton, Linda Cho, Nicole Eisenberg, Oscar Eustace, Ty Sticklorius, Emily Toe Jackson, and Nadine Wong. The advisory committee provides support and guidance to the board and staff of the wing as they implement the organization's goals and objectives. Jims, I, I, I know a lot of the names on those lists. They're all incredibly talented uh, people, but even more importantly, they're all incredibly smart and committed to the well-being of the theater. So I think these are all going to be excellent choices for the wing. All right. Well, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWWMAT. And subscribe to Some Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. Take uh, a listen to April McCaffrey's uh, review of Sondheim on Sondheim at the Hollywood Bowl. It's going to follow immediately following this. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. With us, we have April McCaffrey, who is a listener who contacted me to say that she had gone to the Sondheim on Sondheim concert at the Hollywood Bowl. And we are all jealous, April, aren't we?
<laughs> you should be, yes. <laughs> this one-night event happened uh, Sunday night uh, at, at the Hollywood Bowl, as we said. And uh, April, tell us what you thought about this concert. It was a phenomenal. Uh, I am a huge Sondheim fan. I went with somebody who, while she enjoys musical theater, she's not quite uh, <laughs> as obsessed with it as I am. And we both just had an amazing time. Um, I thought they did a really nice job of interspersing the songs with the interviews. Uh, they had a lot of interviews with Sondheim on the screens um, and talking about his own work. So that made it really special. And there were interviews throughout the years. It looks like a few of them were new for this event, but a couple of them I recognized from uh, from my obsessive fun time watching over the years. Uh, and so it was, uh, so it was put together incredibly well. Um, the cast was phenomenal. Um, Carmen Cusack, uh, did I read from passion and, um, looked like she actually had tears in her eyes when she was doing it. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, Philip Boykin, uh, got to do the soliloquy from Sweeney Todd and, and he was incredible. Jesse Tyler Ferguson was so excited to see him do um, Franklin Shepherd Inc. from Marilee, and he just completely nailed that. But I do have to say that the highlight of the night um, by far was Jonathan Groff in pretty much everything he did, but most especially in the opening doors and his being alive. You know, yes, he has to play Bobby someday. Um, his being alive was incredible and just brought the house down it was it was the the um the standout moment of the show for sure and i do want to say to ruthie ann miles she was fabulous as well so it was it was a great um you know we could talk for hours about what songs were included or were not included but of course you know we're talking about Sondheim's career. So that's many years, many shows. There's only so much you're going to be able to do. Um, so I thought it was a very nice sort of overview um, where you got a little bit, uh, you, 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 we even got a little bit of Saturday Night, which um, was, was the song that I didn't know because I've never seen sure. that show. Um, but, and then, yeah, and then many from many of his shows over the years, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, he, he told us what his favorite show was. Um, he says Assassins is the one musical that he thinks he wrote that was absolutely perfect and there's nothing about it that he would change, which is fascinating. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was really really incredible and and there were a few good medleys where they put at the beginning oh yes that's what i wanted to mention that um in the medley that they started with uh jonathan groff saying lovely from forum (laughs) and then vanessa williams came in and she sang hello little boy but you know hello little girl yeah. from from into the woods but she's saying it to him as hello little boy so that was kind of fun so a little gender bending going on there which mm-hmm. was kind of fun and then they took um happiness from passion 
<laughs> and they made it a comedy number, if you can imagine. So everybody got to sing a few lines of, 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 of that song where they started off with one couple and then somebody else would come in and, and the first couple, one, one person from the first couple would turn to the next person. And then they just kind of kept doing that throughout. And, you know, they had all the combinations in there of boy, girl, boy, boy, girl, girl, you know, they got to them all. So it, it made it um, a very different experience with that number than I've ever seen before. So, um, so that made it a lot of fun, but yeah, it was, it was incredible. And, and uh, all of them, did a great job. Vanessa Williams um, was just completely solid. They were all solid. So it was great. The Hollywood Bowl is an outdoor amphitheater. It holds about 17,500 people. Did, uh, and it seemed like uh, it was a hard ticket to get. So do you, did they par, par, uh, partition off part of the uh, amphitheater? Or did you think that all 17,500 seats were sold? It was not sold out, unfortunately. Um, and uh, I, I would, I, I've heard that it was more like ten thousand. Um, so, but I think that that has. It, it was hard to get good seats because, as you can imagine, you know, it, it's a huge venue, and so um, there are some sections that are way far out there. So I can certainly see some people saying, you know, to be that far out. Um, might not be uh, the best experience. How was the weather? The weather was perfect, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was even a nice little breeze going, so it wasn't it wasn't too hot. Which we've had some hot days lately, so it was it was perfect and and not too cold at night, and a little wind blowing in their in their uh, chiffon dresses. So it was perfect. The seats that are very far back are there large screens in the back so that there are screens um, everywhere. Uh, yeah, so there there are about um, I'd say three on each side, and and that is where you saw all the interviews. So it's actually important to have the the screens there um, to be able to see all of that. And oh yes, and then they ended with like they threw a bunch of shots up there, you know, various um, uh, photos and freeze frames from the interviews. And it all ended up being one picture of Sondheim, very um, pointillesque. So <laughs> that was a, a beautiful way to, to end the evening with the, you know, symmetry to Sunday in the Park with George. So it was it was really cool. But yes, so there are always so and, and then when the interviews aren't going on, um, you can get the close ups of the performers. So you're mostly if you're if you're that far back, which isn't. Um, you know, you've got like the terrace boxes, you've got the first few rows of boxes and then you've got the terrace boxes and then everybody else. So pretty much everybody else past those terrace boxes is, is looking at the performers on the screens. But um, that way you get to see what they're actually doing. You get to see the, the tears in their eyes and, and, and the sweat and all the lovely things that make them human. So so those are the official screens. As we know, it's maybe the good or the bad. I'm not sure which one is here, but uh, I suppose you saw a lot of uh, iPhone and Android screens recording at the same time. I didn't see too many, a few a few here and there, but um, I didn't see that many, although I think there were, um, I, yes, I, I confirmed that there were there. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so maybe some of these uh, things will pop up unofficially on YouTube, and we'll have to. Uh, you, see. you might be able to catch a few. Yeah, the sound isn't going to be quite as good sure. as as Absolutely. being there, but uh, but for a once in a lifetime event. You take what you can get, right? Well, April, thank you so much for giving us a call from Los Angeles and uh, reviewing the Sondheim on Sondheim at the Hollywood Bowl. We very much appreciate it. And thank you so much for emailing and letting us know that you're going. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Uh, Thank you for everything that you do. Barra yep. Street is set to get a new demon of Barber Street. Barber. Barber. <laughs> okay. Strike that. Reverse Bumber. it. Yeah. <laughs> Barra Street is set to get... <laughs> oh, it's one of those nights, huh? Oh, no. All right. <coughs> mm. Okay, one more time. Barrow Street is set to get a new demon of Barber. This is written wrong. No. Barrow Street is set to get a new Demon Barber next month. Oh. I can simplify it if you want. Barrow Street. The Demon of Barber. No, Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Fleet Street. Oh, my God. I only did this show four times. (laughs) I know. I was like, haven't you played, Anthony? 